0: Spoke media. Dad, if you'll sit there. Okay. okay. Um, no, I'm nervous. Are you?
1: Yes. This, there's no there's no like um what's it called? The the, the question that you, you throw at somebody that they aren't ready. This not this curveball. Is that curve it? Ball. A curve ball? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no curveball. There's no like Barbara Walter's gonna make you yeah, cry sort no, of like I
0: know,
2: but I mean <laughs> still it could be the easiest question in the world and I'll
1: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another mini-sode. It's us, but shorter. A mini-sode, as a reminder, is a conversation or an interview with somebody that we had that we think is really meaningful and good, but it just didn't fit into the chapter arc structure we ended up with. So we want to give it to you, just a free gift of something we think is meaningful to this journey, this quest. Sorry, Robert McKee.
0: And so this interview, at some point, we thought it would be really useful to define, like, What is a good dad? Like as a character archetype. What is the character of a good dad? Yes. So we were like, hmm, who is a good dad we can interview? And I think I came to you and was like, well, I have a really good dad. You have an objectively good
1: dad, Jeff McCain. Now,
0: what I think is so meaningful about this conversation isn't that
1: Jeff was so great at defining what a good dad is. He just exemplified what a good dad is by good dadding at me. So if you're somebody who could use a good dad in your life, hasn't talked to your good dad in a while, or just for whatever reason would like to be good dadded at today, here's a conversation between myself, Carson, and Jeff McCain, a very good dad. All of that after this break. Spoke Media. investigating him talking to different kinds of experts and one of the things that came up was sort of my my um how like mythic or fable like the idea of good dads are i don't understand yeah i just don't understand them yeah there's a a book that this uh this writer that i grew up reading donald miller wrote and he he since changed the title but he called it to own a dragon and he talks about like when someone asks you what is it like not having a dad, you're like, Well, I don't know what is it like to not have a dragon. Mm-hmm. I don't I can't fathom. It's like what a it mythical be. creature
2: to you. Yeah, I can't yeah. fathom
1: what it, what I'm missing. Yeah. I don't know what it would be like to have one. And uh Carson was like, Well, I have a dad who I think is a good dad <laughs> who has a lot of thoughts on fatherhood and its complications. And
0: yeah.
1: um, so I thought maybe I, it would be interesting. I to have talk a lot of thoughts on
0: fatherhood. It. Or Well, you've been a father. Well, I've been yeah. a father, but I don't <laughs> Well I
2: None of that. I've been a father, think, but that doesn't mean I know what I'm doing.
1: So maybe we could start there. So we wanted an expert on being a good dad, right? <laughs> so do you identify as a good dad?
2: You know, I I, I appreciate what Carson just said.
1: Hmm.
2: I feel uh, you know it's just it's very honored and humbling for, and I think any dad would would say this that when your daughter says something like that, it just tears you up inside because <laughs> it just makes you feel so good and and it um it just i but immediately i think i'm not worthy of hmm. that because if be, if being a good dad i mean what is a good dad if being a good dad means you know reasonably avoiding mistakes i'm not a good dad because <laughs> i have made a lot of mistakes <sighs> but if being a good dad means being present and showing up and feeling responsible for your kids, and 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 uh, sort of living, um, and this, gosh, this—I mean—to say this sounds so arrogant because I'm not—I don't—I don't feel worthy of this. But to live uh, sacrificially hmm. for your kids, if that's being a good dad, then I mean that's something I've strived to do. Yeah, and I, I don't know that I've been—I well, I know that I haven't been a hundred percent successful at that. And Carson will tell you that. If being a good dad to, to your question, if be, if if that's defined as being present, then and that's that's the way I would define being as good a dad as a person can be is being present. Then yeah, I was that.
1: So Carson, you grew up with a lot of friends who didn't have dads, mm-hmm. right? Or or could you talk to that and like what 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 significance does a dad have in your development? What, what significance does? Yeah. Um- or what did what did having a dad do?
0: Yeah, I would say it's it's weird to talk about that because just like you can't imagine your life with a dragon, I can't imagine mine without.
1: <laughs> you yeah. know?
0: Um i had a dad who i knew loved me and and like that was never a doubt in my mind some some present dads i think maybe don't express love but but i don't remember a time that you didn't say i love you you know at least twice a day uh i don't i don't remember that ever not being something i knew and and I struggle with personal perfectionism, but, but something that you have always said to me is like, I love you no matter what, you know, like you, whatever you do, like that's not going to change it.
2: I'll say something. This is just, um, you talk about affirming you every day. For you, I felt like if I did nothing but tell you that you are loved, that you are worthy, that you are gorgeous, that you are beautiful beautiful inside and out that you have what it takes, that you can do anything. If I just ke- kept rem- keep reminding you of those things, then I felt like I was doing my job. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was crying a lot, it's fine. It's
1: great. I started crying as soon as we got started and I don't really know why. Um, I've done much harder interviews than this. This should be a softball <laughs> interview, but- um,
2: Yeah, this is nothing.
1: Yeah, but it's—the um, majority of my life, the past—I'd the, the, say the 25 years I spent before my dad died, um, it was really important to not acknowledge lack. Uh, and so I guess um, there's sort of a tricky trap I'm feeling, which is, uh, do I say, I had everything I needed? Is that the way I look back at my life and think about it? Or do I look back and say, I was missing— a huge thing, and I should acknowledge that, and sort of embrace that, and, and and understand that that might bring its own limitations and challenges, and both of those feel like a trap to me, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine, Jonelle. I, you know, I've only known you for a few years, and you know how much we love you, and as I've heard this story. It, it i feel a whole i feel a loss for you i'm grieving i'm sort of going through <laughs> this grief because i think you're grieving a loss yeah and it's not necessarily you're not grieving the man you knew you're grieving the dad that you didn't have yeah and the loss you're grieving the loss i think that's real i don't think gosh i mean i'm not qualified to talk about this yes, but you it's are. like you're just i i don't understand how it's like Carson said about the dragon earlier. You know, I had a good dad. I had a good example as a dad. Um, I've got good examples in my life with good dads. My best friends are good dads. So I don't know how to talk about your loss. It just it it hurts me. Uh, I grieve with you over it. I'll say this, you know, um, if this is meaningful to you, me being a quote unquote good dad or a present dad it it was a decision i made
1: hmm.
2: okay it's important for you to know that, that that it was a it was a decision that i made um it had nothing to do with carson
1: hmm.
2: okay i love you carson but you i mean it wasn't you didn't earn my love for you all right i you're great and it's been a blast being your dad <laughs> It's been one of the best its best things of my life, okay? But me being a present dad was my choice. You didn't earn that. You didn't have anything to do with you. you your behavior did not make me be a good dad, okay? If you'd been a bad daughter, quote, unquote, whatever that is, I'm still going to be your dad, and you can't run me off. There's nothing you could do that would make me love you anymore. And matter of fact, there's nothing you could do that make me love you any less because it's my decision, not yours. Okay. And jean his decision to be an absent dad didn't have anything to do with you. You didn't earn. You didn't. You're worthy. You are worth it. <laughs> You are, I can tell you, you are 100% worth it, more than worth it. That was his decision, his alone. You didn't, you know, I, which is, I don't know if somewhere subconsciously or consciously you've ever thought, what did I do wrong? Or why wasn't I worth it? You were. It didn't have anything to do with you, sweetie. It was his decision. And I don't know what I'm not I don't I don't want to be judgmental of him. I don't know what circumstances existed in his life for him to make that decision. Yeah. You know, standing afar, I can I can I can you know, cross my arms and stick my nose in the air and say, "Well, he's he's selfish. He made a decision that was selfish instead of selfless." Yeah. But I don't know his life story. I don't know what was going on. I don't know the battles he fought that caused him to make that choice, but it was his choice and it didn't have anything to do with you.
1: Could you talk a little bit about, um, to Carson's earlier point of thinking about uh, her, how she thought about men that she wanted to date or how she might've thought of her future marriage. She had you as an example of Oh, I, I, you know, I, I, how my dad is with my mom and how my dad was with, with me. There's a sense of, um, sort of just yeah. understanding the, uh, s- another gender through the lens of your parent, um, which is like, gets creepy and edible, or it gets like really warm <laughs> and sweet or like also kind of get, like gets like weirdly incestuous when I think about like all the like weird, like purity practices I grew up with like yeah. my dad walking the daughter with a little white dress and. Yeah, yeah. Some of that seems kind of creepy to me, which is like, what does your dad have to do with your dating? Yeah, Um yeah. But could you speak from no. your perspective? How did you think about, um, you know, when Carson started dating yeah. boys, what was your role in that? Well, and how did it feel?
2: you're right. I mean, part of it's that what, what you just described is sort of this cultural thing that we have where dads give their daughters away to some, you know, hairy-legged boy that you really don't like. But, <laughs> you know, it happens. It happens in life. It's okay. Um but yeah, when Carson, you know, and I hate to keep going back to that whole self esteem thing, but it was sort of I had in my mind that if she did not get her self esteem from me, which, you know, I see you as a very, as a person who is very confident and poised and lots of self, you know, rightfully high self esteem. <laughs> you are very highly esteemed by so many, including me. But I always sort of with Carson I just there was a thought that I had maybe not articulated that if she doesn't get the proper amount of self-esteem from me she'll go get it from another source from a boy who may have another agenda it was important to for me to let Carson know that she is um awesome regardless of whether some idiot dates her or not <laughs> you know and you know so I was never really the you know, if that boy comes around with my daughter, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna shoot him with my shotgun out there on the porch.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm gonna tell him I'm not afraid to go back to jail. You know, the old joke. <laughs> but uh, so I never was really that way. Um,
0: I I never felt like you owned me or needed to give me away in any sort of way. Even right. even getting no. married, it didn't feel like you were like giving me to Preston. <laughs> it felt like. It felt like m- more like m- my my dad and my support system for my uh, whole life up until this point is welcoming in the second support system. <laughs> um, so rather than like a giving away, I kind of I the more we talk about it, the more I don't love yeah. that term. I like the welcoming in of like, and now we're one big family. Yeah,
2: all that stuff was just ceremonial. Oh, totally. You know? <laughs> they, the The minister said. Who gives this bride and I say her mother and I you yeah. know and it was it was mainly about you just becoming you know leaving um leaving from under my roof to being under someone else's roof or your own roof and that's hard that's hard for dad you're not bald at your wedding you know yeah. that I mean I the um it's strange how you raise your kids to successfully leave the nest. And then when they do, it just breaks your heart, you know? So there's there's a conflict there. But, but yet, it's supposed to happen. It's life.
0: Let's take a break here. We'll be right back.
2: when you said to Carson, so you've got this skill set of how to freely accept love from men, are you implicit in that was, is that something I don't have or that's something, or are you believing that that's something you don't have?
1: I think, I think I didn't realize that when I imagine myself in the future, I imagine myself alone. Mm. Like I can't picture what a man being there for decades would look like I'd like that that is something I hope for, but I didn't realize like, oh, I fundamentally sort of think of myself as a lone wolf. What if they plan when I plan out my future? um what was so tricky about this um past breakup was that this was a a person that I am um, started to picture being there. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit more like a death True. than I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, I, I so I, I guess um, and then back to your point about freely accepting love. I think I sort of have viewed love through the lens of performance. Yeah, and I have you know. a wonderful mom who would always tell me, "You don't have to earn everyone's love and affection. Mm-hmm. You
2: you don't have to earn anybody's e- love." And exactly. <laughs> she was
1: always reinforcing that for me. Yeah. Um,
2: that's not love.
1: But, yeah, exactly. But then if I think about what I practiced intellectually, I understood that. But when I pra- what I practiced was um, after school, going over to someone's house, figuring out the rules of their home. Oh, okay. So like dad and mom don't talk about this sort of thing. That gets them upset. Okay. um, They have this worry about their daughter who's my friend. Okay, great. So then I will function as this way at, a- at the dinner table. I will be the joke teller and alleviate this weird tension I feel in this home. Or I will be the responsible one who like helps my friend with her flashcards and we have mm-hmm. that kind of relationship and that will be what was, what's, what's useful and kind of earns my, earns my keep, keep in this house. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Gosh.
1: Um, I didn't practice as much of the um, being surrounded by a family who's um, who I can just take for granted right? <laughs> and, right. and, and act out and misbehave, which I certainly did with my mom. But yeah. if I just think about the hours per day I spent, um, As a child, a lot of it was in other people's homes.
2: So that existed in our home. We we had unconditional love in our home. We have unconditional love in our home. Nobody – I hope – oh, my gosh, I pray that we never fostered any sort of environment where anyone, whether it be our kids to our child to parent or husband to wife – Felt felt like they had to jump through any sort of hoop or perform a certain way or behave to a certain standard to quote unquote earn love. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what we had. But Jeanne, I'll say, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that what we have is normal. <laughs> okay.
1: Tell me more about that.
2: No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, um, I'm. I, I want to affirm you and not make you think that. Oh I missed out on something everybody else has. I know a lot of families who are living in that performance based home, yeah kids that have dads and they live in a performance based relationship husbands and wives living performance it's it's a shame it's not right, I don't think and it's it's not rare and um I said talk to you like I talked to my daughter when when she's ever gone through a breakup, you know, I, I say all the, the cliche things, oh, he wasn't worth your time, you know, <laughs> he what he didn't deserve you. I believe that's true. I happen to believe that's true. I, I would say that I'm um I don't believe that everything in life happens randomly.
1: Sure.
2: Okay. I believe that there are reasons things unfold the way they do. And um, it hurts and it's valid what you're feeling, but there's something better. And it may be that what this better world is, you find in a guy someday and being a wonderful wife and companion, maybe even a mom, maybe, who knows. Or it may be that you are the lone wolf, that you've always sort of visualized that you're going to be a strong beautiful single woman, an artist who's going to conquer and and rise. And so it, it could be either one of those things. But I guess what I'm trying to say is is don't feel like there's one right way or wrong way or that there's some idealistic thing that you're going to get someday that, that looks exactly like this because life rarely unfolds that way. God has a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be... Um, it's going to be for your good because he loves you unconditionally. <laughs> and, um, there, and, and there are people in your life that love you unconditionally. Carson loves you unconditionally. <laughs> I love you unconditionally. Devin loves you unconditionally. You can't run us off. You know, your life could go off the rails tomorrow. You've got people in your life that are going to be there for you. And uh, it just hasn't manifested in your life as in the form of a dad or in the form of a husband or significant other yet, maybe, but um, that's not a reflection on your ability to receive love, Hmm. okay? Your ability to receive love has nothing to do with another person's love for you, okay? Because there again, you're thinking performance. How so? I didn't. I wasn't raised— in a family where I knew how to receive love from a man, and therefore I've got to somehow learn how to do that in order to have a <laughs> successful relationship.
1: Yeah. For you yeah, to th- for, for
2: you to think that way is you're going down the path of performance. Yeah. I've got to learn how to receive his love, something I didn't have when I was growing up. And so therefore, I can therefore earn his love by learning how to receive his love. You can't do that. Just be who you are and Someone will love you, does love you and will love you unconditionally and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you you don't you, you don't need a skill set to receive love.
1: I do think you have to receiving love is still an action though. You know, it's still yeah. a thing a thing you have to do. Yeah. Um is what I um yeah, it still feels like a verb. Receiving mm-hmm. still feels like a verb. Yeah. Uh, maybe receiving just like you were saying about giving love, maybe receiving love is also a choice. Yeah. I choose to receive this love. I'm, you know, Carson can send all the unconditional love my way that she wants. And I think I still have the choice whether I receive it or not.
2: That's true, but it it does not mean if if her love is truly unconditional, your ability to receive it does not matter.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. It's it's unconditional love is unwavering. And I, I I've definitely experienced that.
0: Let's take a break here for an ad. Spoke media.
2: When I first heard, and I didn't get all the story until today,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but when I first heard sort of the, the broad strokes around it, it was very, very easy and very typical of Jeff McCain to think, to paint him as the bad guy character. And that's not true. I don't know what the truth is,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but there, that's not true.
1: And that's what's been so hard is anyone that's in my life loves me obviously or, or you know loves me unconditionally and so they can't fathom how my father couldn't do that for me. You know they, it's so easy for people who love me to say like yeah you had a deadbeat son of a bitch of a dad and like how dare he miss out on the experience that is you because we love you. Right. And um for and so that's what's useful about generating this new <laughs> this mm-hmm. new project this this untitled dad project has been forging this middle path where people can be wrong. And still be a person. Yeah, um, it's true. It's uh, really increased my empathy, and um, has felt really productive.
2: You can the, two things can be true, and they are more than one. It's it's always more nuanced yeah. than just black and white.
1: It is, and it yeah, it always always is. And I
2: because he could have been a very good guy who made a very dumb decision and didn't know how to get get it back.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: We've, we've thrown around this word unconditional love hmm. and um you don't ever earn that it's not unconditional love if you have to earn it yeah i keep coming back to that because I, it I, in the context of what you just said about um the decision he made and you know the the man that he was um sometimes people just don't know how it's life is hard hmm. I'm gonna quit talking about somebody I don't know. I, I, all I know is, is this life is really, really hard. Yeah. And, and and um, I just I've got so much admiration for what you're doing for for what you and Carson are doing here because um those the the those problems those journeys most people never want to face face it they just avoid it. You're not avoiding it, Danielle. I have so much admiration for you
1: in that <laughs> Thank way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for um, being willing to go on record as a as a good dad. I know that was hard for <laughs> yes, you. Yes, I'm to a great. dad. Sort of, I'm so great. I'm know, such I know, a great person. I know that I'm made so you awesome. feel. Made you feel sort of. <laughs> we have kind of trapped you in a corner of uh, against your sort of desire to be humble about your mistakes. And and I appreciate you just gamely walking into this with us. I, I'm um, I'm really wow, grateful for your awesome. perspective. You're awesome. Thanks. I'm really glad you uh, you had this kind of dragon. You know.
0: Me too. <laughs> I'm very grateful. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this minisode. Thank you to my dad, Jeff McCain. If someone lined up all the dads in the universe and told me I could pick whichever one I want, I'd pick you every time. Next week is chapter six, character development. It's a big episode where Jeannelle is finally ready to talk to one of her dad's sailing buddies and to hear some of what he might have been like if he would have chosen to be a dad. Untitled Dad Project is created by Jeannelle Kastner. The production team is me, Carson McCain, Kelly Kolf, Lauren Floyd, Evan Arnett, and Will Short. Our executive producers are Keith Reynolds and Aaliyah Tavakolian. Special thanks this episode to my dog Bella for not barking during that interview. And if you re-listen, you can definitely hear her toes clicking on the floor. We'll see you next week.